Welcome back, everyone, and for those that are new, welcome to Sun Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas. I do this every week. I love it. Oh, wait, hold on. Thanks for coming. Um, today is April 13th, 2023, 2.45 p.m. here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I like to keep you guys up to date as possible. Today we'll be going over this past weekend and reviewing what all happened at UFC 287, 287, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we'll be going over um, and previewing UFC Fight Night this weekend, Max Holloway versus Cal or versus Arnold Allen. Calvin Cater already happened a long time ago. It was actually quite a while ago. I don't even think about it. I was like 2000, I think it was 2020 or 2021. Either one of those, I think that's when they fought. And they just posted on the UFC YouTube as like a free fight. So that's why I was, um, that's why it's fresh in my brain. All right, anyway, real quick, before we get started, uh, like the podcast, subscribe if you want to see more, obviously. Thank you to all the new subscribers, uh, even though it's, you know, it's small, but we're getting there. We're building. We're we're, we're fast tracking. I will say thank you for all the views on the shorts of training that I've been doing with Nisea and Xavier. Um, definitely more of those coming out every week, if not twice a week, if I can record more and get some time with those guys. Um, and there'll be other videos that I'll be doing later on. Um, maybe some at Triumph. But thank you so much for the views on those. Those are killing it. So you're we're going to get more of those out there. But like I said, subscribe to the podcast. That helps the most as well as giving it a like or a dislike. If you don't like my commentary or takes or anything like that. But either way, voice your opinion. It matters to someone. Um. All right. So let's get into, like I was saying, uh, the Max Holloway commentator fight was just recent. But it was like, it was kind of a long time ago. As much as they use it as a... As a highlight. Twenty twenty twenty-one. Yeah. Got two fights in, in twenty twenty-one. He's been kind of inactive in twenty twenty. Or in twenty twenty two. But to be fair, he had one title fight, probably made a lot of money from it, and the damage he took probably needs some time to relax from that. Alright. <clears throat> so let's get into what happened at UFC 287 and do a little bit of a review. Main card stuff. We'll talk Raul Rosa or let's start at the top first. Get it out of the way. Most important why people are here to listen. Israel Adesanya defeats Alex Pereira in the second round via KO uh, via right cross the same one that's landed in all of his fights. Um what to say about this fight? I liked Pajara's energy coming out. He had a great championship assert control of the ring kind of energy. He fought less like a contender and more like a champion. And then um, Izzy do- did what Izzy does very well, and that's fighting off the back foot. It's a story of the left hook versus the right cross. You have Alex Pajara, a forward aggressive fighter with who's very talented at kickboxing, so it's with an intended purpose why he does it. He doesn't just run forward uncalculated with his hands down. So he goes forward, and why the left hook is so synonymous with him is because 
He can close distance with the right hand, but when you close distance and you're that tall, using any other weapon is a disservice because you're you're stuffing your own power. Like you're you're um yeah you're essentially stuffing it. If you try to keep throwing a right hand or whatnot, long shots in a close range. So he famously has made the left hook his weapon as he closes distance. He uses the jab to feel out, jab to the body, jab to the chest. Jab to the head, inside leg kick to give him a different look, and he'll work his way towards their open side. Izzy, on the other hand, fights off that back foot. Fighting off the back foot, he's planted for the right hand, so he can use his lateral movement that he uses very, 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 very well on all of his opponents. And taking the back foot, he can go left, right, left, right. But either way, he sets up his rear hand his rear cross, especially if they lean back, then perfect. He can set up a kick or whatnot. But more often than not, they try to crash forward as he stops. Then he cuts an angle, throws the rear hand, and cracks his opponents. And that kind of just starts, that helps him set traps. They get fearful of the right hand or the rear hand or whichever hand's in the back. And uh, they start trying to adjust to that. And that's where his kicks get set up and his leg kicks and yada yada. yada. Anyway, we all know the story. But if you throw something at the wall enough times, it's bound to happen. Especially since Izzy's always had success in all of his fights, and there's never been a doubt about that. But it's when you have two very good kickboxers, very good punching and kickers, go at each other, and neither of them wants to wrestle each other, which is great. Thank you. Thank you. Don't do don't don't wrestle if you don't have to. It's kind of nice. It's beautiful. We love it. Um, it's bound to happen, especially in smaller gloves. They're two hundred and something pound men. And they're skilled kickboxers. They're bound to knock each other out. Alex has done the same thing to him. And if they keep fighting, this is what's going to happen. They're going to knock each other out until the end of time. And you'll have Alex Izzy 30. <clears throat> now, man, does Izzy really know how to like overshadow everything else that's happened and not even recognize that we're still three and one, you know, I don't, I don't. I don't keep score, I settle it. It's like, I guess, but he's done the same to you. And then he's done the same to Izzy and Izzy's done the same to him. So in my mind, it's just an equal fight. Every time, obviously, when Pahara goes forward and fights, it's vicious. It's fun to watch. Now Izzy's gotten it back. And he got a little bit of that viciousness of being able to knock him down and finish up with ground and pound. Like I said, I mean, we keep doing this. This is literally one of those like Davis and Figueredo, Brandon Moreno fights. Like any given day, both these guys can win. They're both equally skilled. It's just that their styles are the antithesis of each other. So whoever's having the better day and the better fight camp and is like prepared and like makes the adjustments, Izzy made those adjustments. He wants to. I can agree that I think there is a little bit of playing possum in those exchanges that he had with Alex and kind of gave Alex a false sense of confidence. Alex still landed the leg kicks. He still landed. I can't tell me leg kicks, but he was still landing a lot of kicks. So it's not like those kicks weren't landing on Izzy. So it would be disingenuous to say like, Oh, those leg kicks didn't do anything, but it is convenient that when he pulls the leg back, it gives Alex a sense of confidence that he was, he was, 
his kicks are doing damage, but also is he going southpaw opens up that body kick. So he can set it up as like a genjutsu if you want to use a Naruto and anime. Um, shout out to Armbar Club if you want to use the anime reference. But you, if you, it's almost like a mind trick. Like he is giving him the look of, oh, my, my leg is hurt. But also, it's not really hurt. I'm just using it to shadow my, to disguise my switch stancing and landing body kicks on you that you don't realize are there. After that, the reason why I feel like there's playing possum, but I, I don't feel like it was, um, well, I feel like it was a bit calculated, but also not completely calculated, kind of like, it. He, Hail Mary, he did it. Because Alex was landing. He was doing very well. But the difference in this fight is Izzy didn't try to lean away and, and use his lateral movement. He, and I said this before the fight, he shouldn't gunfight, but he did gunfight. It's a very scary thing to do, and I it wouldn't be my game plan if I'm, if I'm, but sometimes you have to go out of the box and you kind of have to just go, I'm, th I'm down 3-0, I might as well just try this. And it worked. He shelled up this time. It allowed him to plant his feet, and when he threw the right hand, just like he did in the first round of their MM, first MMA fight, he planted his foot, and he just let it go. When he did that, instead of trying to get away, Alex wasn't able to corral him and land the left hook and essentially get him to try to use head movement and his footwork. This time, he just shelled up, ate some shots on the arms, and then landed. I think he saw that was an option. He thought maybe this time I'm I'm gonna out bully the bully. I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. As long as I keep my chin down and trust my guard, I'll give it a shot, and it it worked. But to say that, like if he would keep doing that, that's gonna keep working every time. I think Alex just saw that he got over eager. He thought he hurt him, so now he would. So the next fight he would fight with a little bit more controlled aggression. And then that's what I mean is like eventually they're just going to make adjustments, adjustments, adjustments. Because like, I honestly thought if Alex didn't think he was hurting him, he was just going to win a kickboxing fight like Izzy would. Jab, low kick, jab, low kick, jab, low kick. And kind of Izzy, out Izzy, Izzy. But it was like this, this ability to make Alex feel like he was doing more than he was and kind of allowed the, that bloodlust to get to get to him and be like, oh, I'm going to put him out again. I'm going to I'm gonna put a stamp on this and put the final nail in the coffin and have everyone shut up. But that opened him up for Izzy to capitalize. And it was funny, this time Izzy didn't throw right hand, left hook. He just went right hand, right hand, right hand. Kind of like a Cody Garbrandt situation where TJ just got off center line and was like, right hand, spam right hand, spam right hand. Because Cody wouldn't bring his hand back to his chin. Kind of the same situation, to be honest. Kind of the same situation. Not that he had a better, not that he bettered him in sparring, but he was bettering him, bettering him for years on end in kickboxing and in MMA. And then finally, he's like, he's got a tendency of not bringing his hand back to his face. Let me just, at the highest level, let me just capitalize on it with smaller gloves. Iced espresso. Um. All right. So after that, let me pull this up. After that, we had Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. 
Um, okay, so I was like, okay. Um, so we have what to say about this fight. I, I, I was saying before the fight, favors favorites make sense. Gilbert Burns, right hand takedown, right hand takedown. He didn't get the takedowns. Like, I'm, okay, so he did, he got four out of six. I'm trying to remember. He got four out of six. Jorge does do very well getting back to his feet. He didn't even get it. So why those takedowns don't register to me is because Gilbert didn't even attempt a submission. So Jorge was doing a very good job of getting back to his feet, not letting Gilbert maintain top position. Um, But Jorge's old. It kind of showed in this fight that... that and he was saying after the fight that even if he won and knocked that out in some uh, spectacular way, he would have still retired. And you know what? I agree with him. I, you know, a lot of fighters want to give him, give him, you know, call him a journeyman and all that kind of stuff. But he's a very wise fighter. He's a very wise, I mean, obviously, man, but also a very wise fighter. He has a lot, like he's got a lot of good career advice. He's kind of handled his career at a very a very like good way as far as m- mitigating a lot of injuries, not having to cut a lot of weight, um, getting big paychecks, like all these things that even though he's a journeyman, he's fought for the title multiple times. He's may not have touched gold. He's created his own, he created his own belt. So he touched his own sense of gold. He's fought in his home. Like he's done a lot of things that as a prize fighter, it's almost like a Connor thing, but Connor's touch gold. So he's always got that like I'm a featherweight champion, I'm a lightweight champion. You can always make money off of that. That's that's why people this is gonna hurt a lot of people. Uh, not really hurt, but like this is gonna be a big thing. A lot of people try to attain the UFC belt to have an identity. They're not doing it because it's just something, it's like a goal of theirs. They're doing it because like they don't have an identity besides being a fighter. And it's like, well, I need to have the belt. Otherwise, I don't have an identity outside of fighting. And so that's why a lot of fighters outside of fighting struggle money and financial wise making business, even though you have a huge platform in the UFC and sells out stadiums every weekend. You know, dominate social media is owned by a huge uh, talent agency. You know, th- these are things that, if you have all the resources, you shouldn't be stressing for money, right? But a lot of these guys, they and gals, they think that having the belt is what is going to get them the money. It's like no, Hori is a perfect example. He's thirty-five and seven. Not, I mean, thirty in age. These, whatever, in like the age is like thirty-eight. But he's thirty-five and seven. That's not like championship record, but that's it's a lot of fights he's fought since the beginning. But he's always done. He's always put his money, city on the, uh, he's a perfect example of like amateur fighters in Charlotte, put the city on the back, uh, on your back and they'll have your back and they'll in turn have your back. He put 305 on his back all the time. He trains in, at, hey, fun fact, he trains at ATT. That's in like Fort Lauderdale. That's not even, it's not even, it's not even in Fort Lauderdale. It's like on the outskirts of Fort Lauderdale. It's not even in Dade County, but he reps it so hard. And he is from there that in turn, it's always taking care of him. And that's what you need. He's has business event. He's got business ventures outside of the UFC that made him money. Um, and it's what feeds his family. And he's done all this without having to touch UFC gold. 
And so as far as wisdom of a fighter, Jorge's that guy. And I say all this as respect and thank you for an awesome career. But I also say this as as much as he lost, and it's a shame because you, you saw the age, but at least he recognizes it and he's getting out now. I mean, he might do other things like bare knuckle, but he saw it and at a technical standpoint, you see it when he had moments of viciousness, but he couldn't, he didn't have that little extra like pop that he normally has. Like when he caught Nate Diaz, he got, got him in the clinch, hits him with an elbow, starts throwing hard combos on him, finishes with a head kick that lands perfectly as he's dropping. Like those are like those extra, that extra gear he had, but now he's, you know, older just isn't there whereas Gilbert Burns he's in the you know he's he's there he's you know we'll get him he does his strength and conditioning he's crazy explosive he hit George or he hit Jorge with the same shot that put him out and kind of like showed that is a that is a hole and thank god Jorge got out of the game before that hole's like very very you know like spotlit but he showed that that's a a glaring thing he does he turns away tries to roll a shot rather than you know head movement and footwork but Hori doesn't have that actually like doesn't turn his doesn't turn his shoulder into it as much he's more of a kickboxer so the boxing aspect where you turn your whole body into it with a punch what Usman and Trevor Winton worked on like throwing your whole body into it um, probably would have had more success with that. But anyway, I mean, he clear decision. What's next for, oh, what's next for him? Gilbert Burns, Colby Covington. I mean, that's what makes the most sense. I think stylistically, Colby Covington's not a great matchup for Gilbert Burns, but... Colby's older. I mean, I don't think Gil- I hesitate when I say older because Gilbert's thirty-seven. I mean, they're all this roughly the same age. So that's what I think. I mean, Colby. I mean, they're saying Colby versus Leon already, but I honestly think Colby needs one fight. I think it would do him service to have one fight before the title, and also would. Um, You know, it would appease Colby haters that he gets a fight in the meantime before fighting straight for the title after doing nothing for two years. Bantamweight division, Rob Font knocks out Adrian Yanez. Man. I had high hopes for Adrian Yanez. But Rob Font just boxes better than Adrian. He's a better boxer. Just this. That fight showed it. That fight showed Rob. Rob has better hands than Adrian Yanez. Adrian's got great hands, um, has great defense, but Rob, Rob showed he popped the jab out. He was touching him with the fundamentals. He was beating Adrian with the fundamentals. When I start seeing that, I, that's like a slow roll. If you start hitting him with the fundamentals, that means like the rest is coming. You just gotta wait. Adrian was like. Moving well, hitting him here and there, but it was the fundamentals, man. Rob's mean. I mean, uh, he held his spot, and he kind of just like 
It's one of those like, all right, little pup, stop. Put his hand on his head, let him swing himself out. And he was like, back along. You got a little bit of work to do. All right. So then you had Kevin Holland with a spectacular knockout of Santiago Ponzinibbio after knocking him down with a sweet, sweet back fist. I love to see that. I love to see that uh, traditional martial arts when Kevin Holland, he got his foot caught and just like pops him with a back fist. Fucking Bruce Lee style. Love it. Then he hit him with a nice, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a hook. Yeah, it was a hook. He hit him with a cross hook and then face plant in front of Daddy Trump. Ba-ba. And Kid Rock. Ba-ba. And then he altercation with, no, it was before. Never mind. But anyway, that was a good win. Uh, I don't know what that means for Kevin. I mean, what does that mean for Kevin Holland? He beat Santiago Ponzinibbio. I don't even know where he ranks. I don't even think he ranks in the welterweight division. He beat Alex Morono. Alex Pajara beat him. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Oh, maybe the Jeff Neal. Maybe you can get Jeff Neal for a second time. Maybe Kevin Holland versus Jeff Neal. They fought once pro. And maybe now they can Kevin Neal Kevin Neal. Jeff Neal needs a win and Kevin Holland just beat, you know. A vet. Pretty good vet. I don't know. I don't know where that puts Kevin Holland. He's another journeyman with a lot of like I mean he's not really taking the best fights, but Damage-wise, I think he's done a pretty good... Uh, I don't know. That Stephen Wonderboy-Thompson fight kind of took a lot of damage in that last one. Submission, submission. Out-wrestled. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, he doesn't really, like... Yeah, he's not really been, like, knocked out. So... You know, I think he and Masvidal, as much as they don't like each other, they're kind of like one and the same in a way. Where I think Kevin's done really well financially. Not, I don't know about really, but I think he does. I think he does well financially outside of the UFC, like with other side projects that he gets to feed himself and his family. You know, outside of fighting. Just kind of nice. On top of that, he fights a lot. It's kind of like Cowboy Cerrone in that way. All right. And then you had uh, Raul Rosa Jr. versus Christian Rodriguez. The only thing I can say about this fight is luckily it was Christian Rodriguez that was in there with him because there's a plenty of Bantamweight fighters that are way more vicious and would have would have made that kid pay. Yeah, he needs to go back and work and he is a he's eighteen. It's like a kid compared to older men. It is a thing. Christian Rodriguez was just nice and stoic and beat him technically, but Petrion needs a win. You're lucky it was Christian Rodriguez, you know? There are plenty of Bantamweights out there that are malicious with their you know, with their strikes. And it's like, it's a dangerous division. 
So when he talks about, like, I'm going to go fight the champ and stuff like that, it's, like, in between you and the champ are a bunch of people and, and like, monsters just licking their chops waiting for you to come up because they know man strength's different and experience is different. And Christian Rodriguez rode his back and kind of just, like, softened him up and maintained control. Lucky it was Christian Rodriguez. That's all. I mean, that's that's all I can say about that. Um, all right. Oh, and what's next for Pajares? He announced he's going to two hundred five. So, you know, and for Izzy, Paulo Costa too. If he fights Chimaev, I don't know. I don't really know. Now that Izzy runs the division again, it's kind of hard for me to be. It's kind of hard for me to be like, anybody, I want to see him for it. No, he's already kind of fought everyone already. He's talking about fighting Duplessis, but kind of needs more than a Derek Brunson win, if you if you ask me. And Paulo Costa could, if he knocks out Chimaev, you could, you could like, argue a rematch. Chimaev submits Paulo, then possibly. Possibly that as well. But who knows? Who knows? Alright. Let's get to some news. Let us get to some news. We'll start with our the... We'll start with MMA Fighting's Morning Report because seamless transition. They're talking exactly about what I was talking about. He uh, announces the light heavyweight move. Because this is what the UFC wants, clearly. He moves to light heavyweight. Hopefully he does work. Pick up from where Glover left off. Knocks everyone out. Claims title in like two fights. Claims the title. And then they can get Izzy versus him for the light heavyweight championship. And if Izzy wins, then then Izzy's up 3-2. And then they're hoping they can finish out their career with Izzy fighting Alex for the last time um, as a rematch, light heavyweight. They pretty much will just fight the rest of their careers out until Izzy's either up or uh, they're tied. So be ready for them to hold up the middleweight and light heavyweight division for the next two years. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to think for that. Anyway, all right, what else we got? What else we got? Okay, so Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. To fight me or be stripped of the title, I was watching a little bit of her aerial um, interview. I don't know if it's because Juliana Pena is a WWE fan, so she plays the heel. But she was really into this idea that she was like... Amanda Nunes is scared to fight her and doesn't want to fight her. And that's what the UFC brass told her. And she like said this. Even though we all saw the last fight. It was like 50. It was like the highest unanimous decision you could do. 50. 50 whatever. 45. If you could give 10 eights on all 
10 eights on all. But anyway, um, what was I saying? So Juliana Pena, she kind of drums up this like heel thing. I don't know. I get, but it was announced that they're fighting. They're fighting each other again for the third time. Obviously they're one, one. So it makes sense. Um, but all Amanda was saying was you should fight Irina Aldana in the meantime to like work your way back up. And I can see where Juliana Pena goes. That doesn't make any sense. We're one, one. So this is the only fight to make. But also, she beat you pretty bad in that last fight where it made the first fight go, oh, that was a fluke. And that's why people are like, oh, do we really want to see it again? But if you want to fight Amanda Nunes again, more power to you. Hey, at least it makes Amanda and her money. And sure, we can watch it again. Uh, Jerkis Duplessis. Oh, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz set to clash in a boxing match in Dallas, August. Um, I hate it, but Jake's probably going to win this fight. Scar tissue, age, size. If it was Nick, maybe. Maybe Nick, but man, this sucks. This sucks. I don't really want to see this, but here we go again. I'm on. Um, I mean, Tommy Fury did it. And Tommy Fury's style is pretty primitive. But I think the size and just, like, age helps him as well. And being strictly a boxer where Nate is older and has a lot of scar tissue. I say this fight stops because of a cut on his face. Robert Whitaker makes case on... Israel Adesanya trilogy. Well, just like the Izzy and Pahara thing, it's 2-0, and I don't really want to see it again. See? Man, smart guy. Jorge Masvidal gets real on decision to try. I've lost this step. Real. Getting real. This is going to be a great card. Uh, maybe. I'm not going to. I'm not going to jinx it. 288? I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to jinx it. Not going to jinx it. Not going to jinx it. Khabib's top 15. He's he's his number one. Everyone's like, where are you on the list? Just put Fedor and Jones at number two and move everyone down one. So Dominic Cruz and Frank Yedger are on the list. BJPenn.com. Why is Hoist Gracie on there? Hoist Gracie, goat, goaded. Um, Bilal versus Usman, I like it. It's a good fight. It's actually a pretty, not a good graphic, but, well, it's not a good graphic, because it definitely, yeah, the boringest motherfucker title, BMF, for sure. Yeah, try to grapple each other for five, for five rounds, but. Tension won his last boxing fight. 
Who is this? Who is this? What what are we doing MMA fighting? Okay, nice RDA. <laughs> cool. Damn, Pantoja's got good, great ground game. But I mean, that's a great, that's a great example of. Uh, I've been having this conversation with uh, some of the black belts at the gym. It's Charlotte Jitsu, Ash, and Aaron. Um, man, Sambo is great for MMA because of top pressure and. And punching. Like when you can add punching, jiu-jitsu becomes easier, but grappling becomes harder. But in strict jiu-jitsu, man, it gets stuff like this. The mastery of like those small, like complex motions and things. Jiu-jitsu will outgrapple Sambo any day. When there's no punches, right? When there's no of that exist like that external threat of like punching or kicks or elbows or knees or whatever. If it's strictly grappling, that those small details right there, yeah, great. John Jones went silent, but you know, who knows with that guy. Brandon Moreno versus Alexandra Pantoja for a third time, I think. Mm -hmm. Who should welcome Pajara to light heavyweight? Well, they're, everyone's saying Jamal Hill, but he's a champ right now. I mean, I guess because he's he's technically the light heavyweight champion. So if Jerry still needs some time, what are we saying, everyone? Jamal Hill, Yon. These two just fought each other to a draw. I think Jerry's the toughest fight out of all of these. Oh, let's do Jamal Hill. Yon. I don't necessarily agree, but Jan's also a tough-ass fight for him. I think Jamal's the easy, not the easiest, but I think he's an easier fight in the sense that the wrestling isn't as much of a threat. I think Jerry's the hardest because he's the weirdest. Mankabed and Kalayev actually might be the easiest because his striking isn't as great, and he's clearly going to try to wrestle him. Actually, not saying that it's the easiest. Or Alexander Rackett, because both of those, it's not that they're the, it's just that their they're striking is very rudimentary. It's very, we know what they're going to do. Southpaws, 
big people. But we will see. Alright, so let's go MMA. MMA Junkie. I waited until the day to do this because news, like MMA news, give me some, but sport. I mean, I honestly can't wait for Connor to come back because news again, but we just need, we need someone to be their own person. We don't need another Connor. We just need a, like Patty's kind of like a Connor and what he does. Also the problem with Patty's, I don't really see him fighting for the title ever. Or he might, but I don't see him beating Islam or anything like that. I'm going to get off this. Um, so I, I, that's my... We need someone who's just like... Star power plus championship. But we don't need another Connor now. Because Connor is played out. That whole loud, brash... Irishman thing. We don't need that anymore. We need uh, something different, but something that grabs the attention of everybody. Izzy was kind of that, but I don't know. Even then, I feel like people are kind of, all right, yeah, you said you're going to starch Jared Cannonier. It's only when someone's like in your face and. John's kind of that, but even John. We haven't heard from John. Alright, let's see if BJPen.com's got anything. Otherwise, I'm just gonna preview the next. I'm just gonna preview the next card. Also, it's going to be a little bit before Pajara fights at light heavyweight, right? He just got knocked out. Bad. Like, bad. Bad, bad. Bad. Worse than kickboxing because... Izzy followed up, but, you know. Israel coach eyes Jamal Hill matchup for champ champ status. <laughs> he couldn't beat Yon, so we'll try Jamal Hill this time. Nah, do some more work at 185, just because we've seen you go up to 205. Kevin Gaslam had a really good fight with Chris Curtis' fight of the night future matchup with Izzy I mean he's the one that gave Izzy besides Pajero he's the one that gave Izzy his hardest fight arguably Pajero gave I mean arguably Kelvin gave him a harder fight than Pajero if Kelvin can get back there I think he can do it alright so before we 
Okay. Let's go ahead and break this card down. Let's do a little bit of a preview. Let me look at the prelims real quick. Brandon Roy Val coming back. Oh, yeah. Versus Mateos Nicolau. Yeah, isn't this good? It's supposedly pretty good, right? Oh, no, he's just been fighting for a while. Damn, dude. A four fight win streak. And I'm pretty sure Brandon Roval is coming off of a loss. Oh, no, he's coming off of a win of Brandon, of Matt Schnell. Pantoja submitted him. Man, uh, a dude on a four fight win streak, that confidence is. It's going to be hard to beat that. Lando Venata back. Oh, here's a big one. Gaston Bolanos. For those that don't know, this dude's like a Muay Thai champ and very, very fun Muay Thai fighter to watch. He's also fought in Bellator, former Bellator fighter. Famous, super famous for spinning back elbows. So hopefully Aaron Phillips did his homework. But um, six and three. And he's a former Bellator fighter, so he's got a lot of experience. Well, let's see this Aaron Phillips dude. It's roughly the same in age, and okay. I don't really know much about Aaron Phillips. He's 12 and 4. Never fought in the UFC. Okay. We'll see. Big stage. Gaston's at least had the. You know, he's at least had that that big stage feel, so that is a that's a bonus. So the main card, Clay Guida versus Hafa Garcia. This is like a clearly a fight for Hafa Garcia to win, so that way he can fight better guys and get into that top fifteen. Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez. Uh, leg kicking Chris Gutierrez. Look look for Chris Gutierrez to. Calf kicked the shit out of Pedro Munoz, who's a heavy boxer. So, calf kick for calf kick, but I'm going to go with Chris Gutierrez's calf kick because he won't be as heavy on his calf kicks or heavy on his legs. Whereas Pedro is very, you know, <clears throat> box heavy. Tanner Bozer versus Ion Kutalaba. You can kind of count on Tanner Bozer's hands to be fast. But that was when he was fighting heavyweight. So now he's fighting light heavyweight. Iron Kutalaba also a fast. Got some fast hands, but I don't think he's as technically sound as Tanner. So skills pay the bills, folks. You can always get faster. But technique is what matters. Dustin Jacoby versus Azmat Murzakanov. Anyway, he's 12-0. and 0. Um, I like Dustin Jacoby a lot. Former glory kickboxing fighter. So his kickboxing is awesome. And he's got 18 MMA or 18 wins in MMA. So it's translated perfectly. He's fought um, Alex Pajara before. So that's just like the skill level he's at. He's like a, the reason why I like him a lot is because he's like a low under the radar fighter. With like a vast amount of experience that people don't even realize. 
So when you see him, he's kind of like awkward when he fights. But then you look back at his kickboxing record and you're like, oh, shit, this man's got hands. And he's he's proven that. I mean, obviously. You know. Khalil, Khalil Roundtree beat him. But everyone other, and that's the other thing, like everyone other than Khalil Roundtree. He's beat. So that's why I like him because he's like a good, really good kickboxer. But he's also like a really good MMA fighter. Not. It doesn't just he doesn't just stick to that one. Discipline. And then you have in the co-main event Edson Barbosa versus Billy Quarantillo. We know Billy's very tough, so I think this is Billy's fight to win. He's got to put push the pace on Edson, grapple, use the clench like he does, put him against the cage, stuff the 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 kicks, and you know Edson's not. He's thirty seven. He's not young anymore. Those kicks aren't going to be as fast and powerful, but it's going to be up to Billy to not be in kicking range and just push him against the cage and put pressure on him and box him up. <clears throat> Main event, however, is a little bit more complicated because Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. You have Arnold Allen, who is very forward-pressing, boxing-heavy southpaw, but he throws in some sneaky kicks here and there. He's got a very good outside calf kick, um, lead calf kick, kind of set... It kind of uh, sets his opponents up into his like quick, sneaky left hand, right? He sets their feet right with the outside calf kick and just like no tell, left hand down the pipe. And then he's got, I mean, he's got power. He's got conditioning. He's got a great corner with Faraza Hobby. Uh, the guys at TriStar as well as trading at Team Renegade with Leon Edwards and all them and the UK. He's very technical. He's not he's 19 and 1. He's got a lot of experience and a lot of wins and one only one loss and you know, he's fought a while. He's still Oh. Hold on. Sorry. Um and one loss. Let's see. He's taking his time. You know, he's never look at all these wins, right? Trying to see if his loss was even in. So he's not even lost in the UFC. He's got one of the longest win streaks going right now in the UFC. And that's why uh, it's a tough fight. Max Hall, if, we've, if he's proven anything, it's that if his name's not Alex Volkanovsky, you ain't beating Max Holloway. Max is not old. He's 31. He's in the prime of his like athletic, you know, life however he's old for fighting he's been fighting for a very long time and he had a really vicious fight with uh alex volkanovsky in his last fight but does arnold allen do the same thing to him obviously he could catch max and try to knock him out but you know what i think max's tool bag of weapons and skills is just going to be too much for arnold and he's going to be able to attack him orthodox southpaw um, 
oblique kicks, trips, all these different things that it's not that Allen hasn't seen them, but Max is a crafty vet at this point. He's a crafty vet in the body of a 30 year old. There is something to be said about that. Yeah, obviously, like the scar tissue and all these things, but cuts and all that don't really affect Max Holloway. Size wise, you know, they're. Uh, Max is taller. He's going to have the. I don't know if he's got the longer. Yeah, he doesn't have the longer reach, but he's got the longer leg reach. And so all those like little things that he does that kind of throw people's rhythm off, I think that's what we're going to see. He's saying. He was saying, uh, y'all must have forgot about him, like Roy Jones Jr. But I don't think, I I saw that someone posted or wrote that was like, no one forgot Max. It's just, it's just that we all acknowledge that Alex is very good. And I think Alex is just in a league of his own. I mean, we saw what he did with Islam that most lightweights couldn't do to Islam. So I think Alex is just in a league of his own. And Max is right there with him. And I don't think anyone else in the division is even close. So that's why I think Max wins this fight. And I think he kind of like big brothers Arnold. Not in like a strength way, but just in a technique for technique way. I think he does kind of what he did to Calvin Cater and Yair Rodriguez. And he shows, I do this. Like this, I've been doing this. And unless your name's Alex Volkanovsky, what are we talking about? So that's what I think. Those are my thoughts. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know we ran through a lot of stuff, but I think we got it. I think we got it. I think we got it today. Don't forget to check out the website, sunscrapnation.com. Look at me, Xavier, doing some work. This is old footage, but it's still good. It's still good stuff. We don't really do that anymore. We don't really grapple with the but Whatever, whatever. You don't need to know. Unless you want to come train. Um, if you do, come here and uh, come to this page and you can click the training button. Look at that. Just fill out the steps. Get group, se- uh, group sessions. What do I coach? Coach all of us. Kickboxing. Kickboxing. Muay Thai. Oh my god. Stop. Page. Uh, MMA. Jiu-Jitsu, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Live that lifestyle, my man. Live that lifestyle. Um, all that being said, hope you guys today enjoyed today's episode. Like and subscribe. Thank you all for watching and liking the podcast and subscribing and doing all these things that really helps and helps me feel good. And I appreciate that. Um, Until next week, I think. I mean. Yeah, until next week, we'll go over Pavlovich versus Blades. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. And until next time, I've been your host, Daniel Jonas. Peace.